0: Hey there, language lovers. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. My name is Shannon Kennedy, and I am here with my co-host, Benny Lewis. And in this episode, we are going to do something a little different than usual. We're chatting with Bryce, a Fluten 3 Months challenge participant and finalist, as well as his wife, Michele. Bryce recently took part in a challenge to learn his wife's native Portuguese, and now they're doing a challenge together. In this episode, we discuss learning a language to connect with your partner and their family, how the Fluent in Three Months Challenge pushed Bryce out of his comfort zone so he could start speaking, the secrets to learning a language with your partner, raising bilingual kids, how learning a language helps you help others learn a language, what it's like parenting in your non-native language, and dealing with the cultural differences of living in a new country. If you enjoy the podcast, we appreciate your reviews. You can share your thoughts with us over at languagehacking.com slash review. And as always, you can find the show notes for this episode linked in the description box. Now onto our interview with Bryce and Michelle.
1: The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 37. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months.
0: Hey there, language lovers. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. My name is Shannon Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host, Benny Lewis. And in this episode, we are doing something a little bit different than we've done in the past, and that's because we're chatting with not one, but two guests today. And our guests are Bryce, who has taken part in a Fluent in Three Months Challenge with us in the past to learn his wife's native Portuguese, and his wife as well, Michelle, who is the native Portuguese speaker. Speaker, but now you two are actually doing a challenge together, and you're Bryce continuing on with Portuguese, and Michelle, you're learning English. So why don't we just jump right in and kind of get into how this came about, Bryce? What really motivated you to learn your wife's native language?
2: So the thing that really motivated motivated me was that I wanted to be able to speak to my in-laws, and I wanted to be able to have a good conversation to where they could understand that they can trust me and that their daughter is going to be in good hands, that their grandkids are going to be in good hands, that they don't need to worry. And I mean, she's 7,000 miles away now, so they need to be able to trust. So I I wanted to put that effort forward for them so that I could show them that I care.
3: Yeah, that's excellent. And one thing that I found when I've talked to other people who have um, endeavored to learn their partner's language is that they face the challenge that Because they may have started in one language, like, you know, if you you guys happen to have started in English, for instance, it's a little difficult to make that transition to speaking the other person's native language. Have you found that? And if so, how have you gotten around it?
2: We started out and she was just speaking in Portuguese all the time. Like, I, I don't think she wanted to learn English. And then on my backside, I was speaking English, texting in Portuguese. And it was it was kind of a struggle to pick one to actually start with. And I think that's where it came about with me trying to pick up a little more Portuguese for her. That way, when I come to do the trips and stuff, because I've been down to Brazil three times now that I can move around and I'm not like a kid basically in her hands. So that's where that kind of started. Her flipping to English has been a bit of a challenge just because it's. It's just a really difficult way to communicate when her vocabulary is low and English, mine's low in Portuguese, and then just trying to work that through. It's been, it's been a challenge for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah.
0: You had said that one of the big reasons you wanted to learn the language is not just so that you and your wife could communicate better, but also so you could communicate with your in-laws. And since you really gotten into the Portuguese language now, how would you say that it's changed your ability to communicate with your wife's family?
2: So I'm able to communicate with them a lot better at this point. It's just whether I can get over my nerves of actually communicating with them. Um, I, I just, I, I guess I don't want to look foolish in front of them. And so I just continually want to learn more. That way, I, I want them to have a good thought of me. And for some reason, with strangers or like a language exchange partner, that's not a problem for me. I can just talk and it's not a problem. But with the in-laws, I really want to make a good impression with them. And so that's been the hardest part for me. It's I think I would do really, really well in Brazil with speaking. It's just getting over the nerves and wanting that good impression.
3: And how have you found that something like the Fluent Three Months Challenge has made a difference to your Portuguese? Oh, it's
2: made a huge difference because I wasn't able to speak to anyone beforehand anyway. I just wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go out of my way to try to even speak at all. So this is really it pushed me out of my comfort zone, which is exactly what I wanted so that I could speak to a stranger, speak to a just a Brazilian person in general and get that knowledge base, learn the culture and then be able to take those next steps to speak to my in-laws. So it's it's done a lot for me.
0: You had mentioned that in speaking with your in-laws, you don't feel super comfortable or confident talking to them yet, but you've been building your confidence and getting lots of practice with exchange partners. So what particular moments would you say you've had that have helped you become more confident as a Portuguese speaker?
2: There was a few times during the last challenge that I did that I was able to hold a conversation just in Portuguese for over an hour. And... There was no switching back to English. There was no even asking what a word is. It was just speaking. And those built my confidence a ton. And then also on top of it, doing the 15-minute conversation at the end and knowing that it's being filmed, it just adds a little bit of stress to it. And it makes it to where it's harder to remember stuff. But I was able to talk about things like CrossFit and jumping out of planes and traveling in the 15-minute conversation at the end. And that was just a really fulfilling and confidence building thing. And that's one of the reasons I'm back doing it again. And I've brought her along to help, too. (laughs) And hopefully that in the end, it'll um, help show her that she knows more English than she thinks she does.
3: So I'm curious to hear from Michelle, if you could tell me what is what has inspired you to begin English at this time? What was your motivation?
1: Uh, I think my husband. <laughs> and be able to talk more with him, be able to talk more with my his family. And in general, because I need to start my life here and be able to do big things. I say big things for me, but it's simple for people uh, I live in here, like drive, have a job, you go for the supermarket and ask it something or ask it for help. So the simple things, but for me, is a big things and I need learning how, how like a, a kid, basically.
0: I think one of the things that a lot of couples find is that their partner isn't their language teacher, but you both have been doing a lot of your learning together and using one another as practice partners, and have been really supportive of one another in your learning. So, what secrets do you have for other couples who may be in a similar place and want to learn one another's languages?
2: To have patience with each other, um, it's it's all about patience when it comes to language learning, especially with a partner. Man, it even from the beginning, it was just all about, we're going to mess up. We're going to make ourselves look silly. Don't push down on people for that. Just build us back up. If you need to tell us that we made a mistake, let us know, but then also let's continue onward and let's, um, let's build upon that. And I think we've done a good job at doing that so far, as far as she might mess up an article or something like that. And it's, Just kind of let it go and slip it in when you can, let her know that this is what happened. And it's just, it's just having that patience and not getting too focused on like, this is my language. It needs to be spoken exactly correct. And because I mess up English all the time, so it's all good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just remember uh, the first time you tried teaching me some words in English, Uh I feel so embarrassed. (laughs) But I think after we start being more comfortable mm-hmm. with each other, uh, teach something, uh, start being more yeah. simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't scare to say something, is not correctly yeah. or silly, because we yeah. be just comfortable. It's fun. Yeah,
2: it can just yeah. be a fun thing. And that's the funny thing is that the first thing that I ever said in Portuguese was "Will you marry me." So, I mean, kind of from there, you can kind of relax after that, so
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's definitely one way of looking at it. yeah, <laughs> and so um, like, how has your relationship blossomed over uh, since then that uh, obviously you've uh, been able to grow in depth in terms of communication abilities, but how does it begin when you have difficulties to have very important conversations if, the first thing you say in portuguese is will you marry me like how did you get to that stage
2: it, it was a lot of texting that we did at first it was just a lot of me translating stuff um we wanted to do like a day in english a day in portuguese but it ended up just being basically every day in portuguese and um it was just a lot of patience to be able to have those difficult conversations and to try to speak as simply as possible that way it's all understood and there's not something that's an outlier and there have been those instances where there's still is oh i didn't know you were trying to say that like ah well that would have been nice but <laughs> i guess i'll i'll speak a little more simply or she'll do the same thing is like i'll i'll speak in a different way next time to where you understand a little better that way we don't miscommunicate and again it just goes back to patience just if you don't have patience you're not going to be able to have a relationship of different languages for sure.
1: And love. Yeah. Love
2: love just falls right in there with the patience.
1: (laughs)
0: You had mentioned that prior to the challenge that, or actually as a part of the challenge, you started to see really big changes in your Portuguese in particular. And I'm wondering what kind of stumbling blocks or what sort of struggles you had prior to the challenge that the challenge helped you overcome.
2: The biggest challenge was that I just didn't speak to people. Even when I was in Brazil, I would just, I would, could kind of understand what they were saying, but I just really wasn't putting an effort towards speaking. And it was just, wow, well, maybe I can pull out the translator. I'll just fall back onto that. I'll just continually text and continually try to translate. And that was exactly why I wanted the challenge to get me out of that little rung that I was in to where I could push out and actually start to speak. And that's, that's been the big game changer is actually speaking. And that's been my whole life, like trying to learn Spanish. I took four and a half years of Spanish in school. I took a year of German and it was just like we weren't speaking. We were just going into books. And that's the change that I needed was to just get out there and do it. That's been great doing this.
3: And uh, you guys have children already. Yeah. Yeah. So what? How, how does that work in terms of how you're raising and like which language? Each person is speaking to them, and do you plan to raise them bilingual? And what what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think we are already basically a bi- bilingual family because my my daughter just speaks English. She learns so fast, but I'm still just talking in Portuguese, and sometimes I f- I, I talk a little bit in English, but the most of the time I just speak in Portuguese, and my husband just keeping. Um, with his English almost mm-hmm. time and i think it, we this we working yeah. i think
2: yeah our our daughter she got over to america when she was 6 and she had only spoken portuguese she gets here now she sounds like a little american girl and you wouldn't be able to tell that she's from brazil and she's starting to kind of lose her portuguese a little bit which is something that i don't really care for i would like for her to keep it up and um that's one of the purposes of getting her back down to Brazil for a little bit is so that she can see how important it is to have another language. And with our son, he's almost nine months old now, but he's got a lot of different languages getting thrown at him. And um, I bilingual would be awesome. I'd like it if he could speak way more than that, too. I feel like that's only going to help him in the future. So it needs to happen. <laughs>
0: So you mentioned that currently you are doing the one parent, one language approach where you each speak a different language with the kids.
2: Yeah. And we'd even thought about switching and I speak Portuguese. She speaks English, but then I was concerned about um, our accents and if they're going to grow up speaking Portuguese, I want them to get her accent. If they're going to grow up speaking English, it would be better to go ahead and just have mine. And so I don't want to confuse the kids, but it's also something I haven't really read into a lot, so um, it'd be good to probably study a little more.
3: And how has, uh, Michelle, how how's, how's your time been with English with the Lurenton Three Months Challenge? How how's that been different to how you would have learned English in school when you were growing up?
1: Uh, I think um, this helped me for playing more, look more the... What, what difficulties I have now, what I need looking more, uh, focusing on the things that, that are the most important. So I think this helped me this way because I just, I feel like I learning more English before I come to America. So I make, I like be forced to learn <laughs> <laughs> because don't, don't have another way so I can speak with another people they can understand me. So uh with this challenge making me look more for the things that I really need working for now so I can go for the another level. Like speak more correctly or more clear, have more vocabulary, be more confident because uh I don't think I can say uh, I don't challenge me because now I don't have 100% sure if what I can say is clean or not, (laughs) if it's correctly or not, but I'm trying. So (laughs) I think this is the most important thing when you try learning something is you will be afraid to... Maybe the people look, listen to you and think, Oh, wow, she speaks so bad. <laughs> but if I don't try, I never will learn. So <laughs> I think people need have some patience to me too. So <laughs> it's not just me be patient to learn it, but people around be patient to me because I'm processed to learning another mm-hmm. language. So I think, um, have people to, don't judge you so much, uh, understand and have patience to help a lot. So yeah, I think it's this.
2: That was that was a big stumbling block early on when she got here because she tried to reach out and speak to people. We'd went into a restaurant and she was going to say hi to the person. In Brazil, you would say good night. You'd say boa noite. She walked in. She said good night as like a high and the guy just looked at her like she was crazy and just kind of, it was just a big stumbling block for her. And it just kind of hurt her confidence at that point. (laughs) And it took a lot to kind of build her back up being like, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just a cultural thing. And here's what happened. So it's nice to see her start to speak a lot more again.
0: One of the things that you guys do together to practice are your breakfast talks. How did that idea come about and what does that look like?
2: Well, normally We'll make food together and we'll sit down and we try to have breakfast before our daughter has to go to school. That way we can have somewhat of a conversation, but it'd just be about the day. Just kind of what are we going to do today? What are the plans? Um, What do you have in school today? And it's a good time to just be able to kind of push everything else away and um, focus on just us and what we're going to do.
0: But you do these in the different languages, correct? So how do you decide which language it's going to be and who ends up being the one who slips back into the other language first?
2: It usually flips. Oh, and I'm always the one that slips back in. Her. <laughs> it's She's a lot more, um, I guess, strong when it comes to something like that. She'll she'll keep at it just so that she can know that she beats me. But um, uh, usually we try to just flip it every other day to where like today it's going to be in Portuguese, the next day it'll be in English and... That's what we, um, attempt to do anyway, as long as time is on our side.
3: <laughs> so you've actually, uh, done, uh, several versions of the challenge yourself. And, um, I know that whenever people, newbies who you may not even know yet, hop in and have a question, you're among the first to, to offer support to them and maybe some advice to, to people in our community. So, how have you found your own experiences to be relevant to maybe helping Michelle with her, um, her Fluent in Three Months challenge? And have you found that you've been able to take on the, the role of a, of a sort of a language coach in some ways to guide her through struggles that she might go through?
2: Yeah, I, I like to think that I have in a way, um, even with. So I'm in a team Portuguese right now and we had a team meeting yesterday and it was just mainly people are feeling a little, they're dragging a little bit right now and they kind of needed some motivation. They needed to know that they can push through that. And that was kind of the conversation that we had was sometimes it does drag and you start to fall back, but push through that wall and get through that plateau and it'll just go even much higher. And so that was literally yesterday. We spoke about that and um, throughout, throughout my whole life, I've played um, team sports. I was in the army. I'd, was on a team and that. And it just all, it was all teamwork. So then I get into a community like this and it helps me to push higher. And then I also want to help people to get through those walls and to show that they can do it. It's even in three months, you can speak for 15 minutes. (laughs) It is a completely doable thing because I did it. So if I can do it, other people can do it.
0: I have a question for you because it's something very similar to what I'm doing, where my children, I interact with them in my non-native language and already being a parent can be pretty challenging. So what is your experience being a parent in your non-native language? And what are your tips for other parents who might be interested?
2: Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't be scared about it. You're going to you're going to mess up, especially with a child that she knows more Portuguese than I do. You're going to mess up and she might be able to help you. But at the same time, I get to translate for her sometimes. And that makes me feel really good. And then it makes me more confident. And then I can speak to my son. And it's fun to watch his reactions when I'm speaking Portuguese and he's having a great time and he's smiling and laughing. And it just it's a very fulfilling thing. And just to know that that's something that I can help to hand down to him or that I can help to keep in my daughter's life. it It's a very... Um, it's a, it's a great feeling to be able to do something like that. And I hope to be able to even go into different languages and be able to share that with them. But yeah, very fulfilling. I would suggest it to everyone if they could try to help yourself now so that later on when you have kids or even now that you can share that with them. That's something that will stick with them forever.
3: So you've, you've said before that uh, one of the things that's a big priority for you. Is to feel a greater sense of confidence when you speak to your in-laws. So, how do you gauge that? Because for a lot of people, their language goals might be something like, you know, passing an exam or reaching a certain amount of vocabulary or whatever. Whereas confidence, it's not necessarily something that comes with a certain number of words. So, like, what are your goals with your Portuguese and how do you tie that in that you know you're making progress? especially in interactions with your in the The difficult,
2: that is a difficult situation because when I speak with them, I want to be able to make sure that they're having the correct reactions. And so I'm really looking at their face. I'm really looking at the way that they're moving. That way I know that they understand exactly what I'm saying. And when I was in Brazil, they would just give me looks of like, oh, <laughs> like got no idea what you just said. And it, it was just kind of a, okay, well, how do I, form my sentences to be able to say something that they understand. And then that's kind of a downer because then it's like, this is their language. and I can't even form a sentence to be able to say something. But um, now with having these hour long conversations with being able to do the 15 minute conversation, I'm able to look at that and say, "I, I have the vocabulary. I know what they're saying. I just need to put it together and just have the confidence that I know that they know what I'm saying and just kind of pull it through like that. But yeah, you can't really gauge confidence level in that kind of a way. It just has to be something that you do and forget about it at the time. It was like when I was airborne infantry. It's just like you're about to jump out of a plane. Got to get that five seconds of courage and just do it. And that's the way I've tried to take on Portuguese is just get that little bit of courage and just take the step forward and you're good.
0: So you have overcome a number of stumbling blocks, like feeling... Like, you're incoherent to your in-laws, um, not being super confident in your speaking ability, being nervous about speaking to your daughter who might speak better than you, um, raising your son to speak a language that isn't your own and your wife too, Michelle. You've overcome, you know, situations where you might have felt extremely discouraged here in the U.S., where you've tried to speak English and have maybe had less than Ha- like encouraging responses to your attempts to learn the language. So both of you are incredible at pushing through those sorts of moments, um, faking it until you finally do have that confidence in, in yourselves and the languages. So what would your advice be to someone who maybe has some of those moments where um, they're made to feel bad about their ability or they themselves internally just don't feel good about where they're at in their languages? Like what would your advice be to them to continue on?
2: For me, it's everyone's going to feel that at some point. It's a it's a natural reaction to feel that. And what I feel like once you know that a lot of people are feeling the same way as you, it's an easier thing to deal with. And then you can move on from there. And knowing that you've got a community behind you that is actually going through the same thing that you are. Like, just as I said with yesterday, we were all feeling a little bit down and like, we weren't learning as much as we would like to, but we're all able to say, well, let's push forward. This is what we're going to do this week. We'll plan on meeting at this time. And let's, let's plan on talking about this. And then it makes it to where you have to do it. And you know that the next week you're going to be speaking about it. So you better look into it. And it just, it creates a, a sense of, It needs to get done and it needs to get done now. And um, you can kind of just push away those, for me anyway, I can just kind of push away those bad feelings of, I don't feel like I'm, I don't that much. I feel like my pronunciation is terrible. And, but knowing that I've got something that I have to shoot for that next week, it helps out a ton for me anyway.
1: I think uh, the people need to have a a goal and need be something make you happy. So and look for this and be step by step and don't be afraid, even if you don't feel a hundred percent confident about what you're doing and keep moving. Will be days when you think you cannot do this. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> but don't forget why you're doing this, I think.
2: Yeah. In yeah. goal is very necessary.
1: Yeah. Very true.
3: And uh, Michelle, how have you dealt with the cultural differences since moving to the States compared to life in Brazil? And uh, how, what have been your biggest challenges and how have you overcome them?
1: It is really very difficult, or very different cultures. So I don't, I don't know how put this in words. <laughs>
3: Is there an example maybe of something initially when you got here that was very difficult for you?
1: <laughs> when you- I first got here, the most difficult thing thing is try to speak. <laughs> it's my f- first difficult thing. So I, I just could not express myself. Like mm-hmm. if I go for a restaurant, I look for the menu and I don't know what these words mean <laughs> so the most frustrating thing is asking for some food and think oh it's that but it's another thing <laughs> so it's and I like it, food I like to eat and it, it's a, a couple little things but in the end turning a big thing because you cannot from me I could not live in like um normal life, I can't say, mm-hmm. because everything is difficult to me to do because I need to express myself when I language, then I don't know. It, so even everything day, is a challenge.
2: Even in your day 30 video, you spoke about yeah. um, the climate change going from 105 degrees every day to yeah. now it's... Closing in on twenty degrees, maybe fifteen degrees here, and then you spoke about food and the big difference that there is in food between Brazil and Kansas. So
1: yeah, yeah, like here people like to eat snacks all the time, and we don't have we we have this in Brazil, but the lunch time you you need you're supposed to eat food, real food, no snacks. So it's always different. So. But about the culture, about the people, is really different. Like I spoke to my na- neighbors, uh, like my my street in Brazil. All, all was my family. Uh, is my aunt, my my uncle, my grandma, my grandpa, all in the same street here. Uh, I don't think I say hi from <laughs> a neighborhood because they don't say hi. They, they don't give me the space to go and talk. So it's really, really different.
0: I would imagine that given you have a family somewhere else, um, you sometimes maybe feel a little bit alone, especially since a lot of the situations you're kind of forced to speak English. And have you found maybe a Brazilian community in Kansas? Or what do you do to kind of combat some of that Loneliness being in a new place, a different culture where things are so different.
1: Actually, um, I found uh, I think have 15 women here mm-hmm. they married with um, uh, American
2: man. American mm-hmm.
1: guy. So I found a little community and we go out sometimes. We talk and it's good because we pass for the same thing. We have basically the same feelings about the big chains and the the things we need to do so we can feel more like we have a real life here and we just don't know uh, it's not just a person being home and, and all the and other people mm-hmm. will take care about you for everything. So
2: yeah. One yeah. of the one of the couples even had a child a couple of weeks after ours was born too. and so that's been a cool thing to be able to share that with them. And uh, there's also a food truck here they just brought to Wichita. It, they sell coxinhas and um, they are amazing. love coxinhas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so these few things make me feel more like they feel more like home, a little yeah. bit home here. And also we have, we spend a lot of time with his family. For me, his family is my family. We are really close. So uh, I can feel more like I'm not alone. I don't have, I I know in my country, I don't have all my my family here, but I still have somebody that I know they care about me and try help me.
3: Yeah, that's great. Uh, Bryce, have you done any parts of bringing Brazilian culture and traditions into your home? And what aspects of life in Brazil uh, do you think you might have adapted and altered to your regular routines?
2: Well, when she first arrived, we ate uh, rice and beans were part of every single meal. And I don't mind. I like rice and beans. I like rice. Black beans are great. And so that was something that has kind of been adapted into the household Um, I've even asked her if she'd like me to put up a Brazilian flag out in front of the house too. And she thought that that was a little awkward, but, um, I I'm good with whatever they want to try to bring as far as culturally, I've got no problem with it. It's just what's accessible and what can we actually do? Um, the main thing would be the food, I think the meat and rice and beans, and I'm completely fine with that. And then for our daughter's birthday, we've tried to do more of a Brazilian style birthday. And then since she's had two, we did more of an American style birthday and they are quite a bit different. And the main thing is the happy birthday song. Um, <laughs> yeah. ours sounds from what they say, ours sounds like we're kind of got a funeral and then it's very sad. And then theirs is very like everyone's clapping and everyone's happy. And it's like, this is a good day, like happy birthday. And then ours is just like, ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so that's been, that's been a fun thing to be able to bring over. um, Even birthdays can be altered a little bit to be fun. (laughs)
0: Other than speaking Portuguese at home with your kids, is there anything else that you guys do at home to help make sure that Brazilian culture and the Portuguese language remains a significant part of your kids' lives?
2: I'd say making sure that we speak with her family often. As long as we can be in contact with them and be able to have those conversations, then our daughter's going to have no problem keeping up with her Portuguese. Our son, he's seeing his grandma all the time now, and she's always throwing Portuguese at him. And so he's going to get to feel that. And I feel like having that communication with them all the time is a way that we can kind of bring that culture in. But other than that, um, I'd be really open to ideas of more that we could do.
3: In terms of if um, other couples are kind of, starting off and they have a similar story to you guys where they maybe may not have spoken one another's language very well and they might have ended up together moving to a completely different country. Is there any advice that both of you would give that if you could have given yourself the advice a few years ago would have maybe helped you along easily?
2: my advice would be to speak. <laughs> don't, don't be afraid. Try to stay away from the translator. I've actually got a guy that I work with. He is dating a girl that only knows Spanish and he does not know Spanish going through the exact same situation. <laughs> and that's what I've been trying to tell him, get away from the translator. Just speak to her, let her speak to you. Um, she's needing to apparently learn English anyway, because she's trying to become a nurse. It's just, it's something that's necessary. Just speak, get away from the phones. Just put them to the side. They're not necessary, and that's exactly what I've told him, anyway.
1: Yeah, and try and have fun in the process. Yeah, don't be so serious about and it. it's serious, but yeah. try don't be too serious about having fun and and really love each other. Be patient yeah. because. I- uh,
2: A smile and a laugh translates in any language, so it doesn't, it's all good. There's no need to take it so seriously to where you feel like you're stumbling just because of that. So have fun with each other, smile, laugh. It's all the same. It'll be good. And have patience with each other because in the end, you're going to be able to communicate. It's just take the time, realize that it, it will be okay in the end.
0: Have you guys had any cultural hurdles that have been difficult for you as a couple to get past or work through like things that the other person just does that you're like, I just don't understand why they do this.
2: I think I get upset a lot more easily than she was expecting. Um, I think America is a very fast paced culture and we have to do things in a very quick manner. And especially even like the example of a party, like you're going to a party in America, you show up at the time that they give you. In Brazil, you don't do that. You you need to wait a little afterwards so that they can still have stuff done. It's more laid back. People are just not in a rush. They don't need to be. And here it's rush, 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 rush. So I want us to be on a good timetable. And let's be 10 minutes early to this. Let's do this. And then it's like, ah, we're showing up 10 minutes late. And then I'm getting frustrated because of it. And it's just like, I need to learn to relax a little bit and just kind of take it slower. And that's a, that's been a pretty big hurdle for me. Anyway, you got Um, one.
1: I don't remember nothing now, but I'm sure (laughs) I have something.
3: (laughs) No, that was definitely, uh, one of my biggest lessons when I went to Brazil was, um, not, I, I realized, but that before Brazil, I had a little bit too much of a dedication to my clock and my wristwatch and that that would dictate you know exactly what i was doing every minute of the day and in brazil i definitely learned to to just take it easy and accept that some things are going to run late and there's a certain advantage of that way of looking at life that you're you're not constantly trying to squeeze every minute out of every day and that maybe you'll enjoy your time with uh, your friends and family a lot more because you're not looking at your clock and thinking i have to go now and you know, we have to arrive at the party at exact this time. Um, so I've embraced a, a kind of the uh, positive side of of reducing punctuality in life. Yes, I need to do the same as well. <laughs> all
0: right. So since this is a language hacking podcast, one of the questions that we like to ask all of the guests who come on uh, is, what is your definition of language hacking?
1: For me, it was um, hear English every time. <laughs> and basically be forced to speak, think in English, and try. And even if I'm afraid, I just try. I just speak and try making other people understand what I try to say. So with the time, this was more easy. I, I still a little bit uncomfortable, but I go, <laughs> even being comfortable. so... I think he's just doing and hoping for <laughs> that people understand you or <laughs> make some signals. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And then, for me, as I as I've said about having patience with other people, um, have patience with yourself as well. Um, know that this is a learning process. It's not. Um, it's not like the Matrix. You can't just throw the language into your mind. It's something that's going to take time. Have that patience with yourself. You are human and you'll get it. Just keep pushing and you will get it.
3: Very, very well said. And uh, as a final question, I'd love to hear what would be the long-term goals that the two of you have? Like, Where do you see your language situation? What other projects related to your languages do you see for the next like two years?
2: So I've actually got the next language that I would like to learn is Nahuatl. It's um, the language that the Aztecs spoke. Um, I had to write a little book basically in a history class that I had and just got me really interested. And I found an exchange partner, um, for the language already. Um, and she, her name's Guadalupe. She actually had something that she was hoping that I could say for her, if y'all don't mind. Yeah, go for it. She just wanted to say that she's very pleased that there's people out there that still want to learn her language and that she's very happy to help and teach anyone that would like to learn and to learn more about her culture and her language um, She's very humbled to see that there are people still in the world that would like to learn Nahuatl. She said that her people, they are a lot of farmers. They're a poor people, but they're very beautiful people. And they're a good people so that we should come and meet them. So, yeah, that was something that I wanted to make sure that we got in there because that was important. But yeah, Nahuatl is the one that I would like to learn next. And then Hebrew for sure. I want to jump on Hebrew. It's going to be totally different language learning styles here but um, well maybe not language learning styles but totally different languages so um, I'm excited to get started
3: <laughs> and Michele what's what's your long term language goal uh,
1: be good at point so I can have my job so I can get my drive license so I can go do more in, in the future learning Spanish too
3: <laughs> that'd be a good one yeah <laughs> Well, I think you've done an excellent job. There are very few people who would um, feel like they'd be uh, able to have a podcast interview uh, in a language that they, uh, that is not their native language. So you should feel very, very proud of that. I'm sure people uh, found a lot of inspiration in the things that you were uh, saying today. So thank you to the two of you. I think you're going to, this is going to be a very interesting uh, podcast for a lot of people. So thank you very much for coming on. And until the next time, we will wish both you and everybody listening very happy language learning.
0: Happy language learning.
3: Happy language learning.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So at the end of every episode, Benny and I like to share a takeaway, something that we learned from our guests on the show and something that's immediately actionable so that there's something that you can implement into your language learning right away after every episode of the podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and let you start, Benny. So what was your takeaway from this episode?
3: So something Bryce said that I thought was uh, very pertinent is that he didn't necessarily have a language learning background. But one thing that helped him to progress in his Portuguese and especially that helped him get into the spirit of the challenge was that he was used to working in teams. So, um, you know, he, like you said, he was jumping out of like airplanes and such like, uh, and I think it's the army he said he was in. Did I get that right?
0: I don't remember if it was army, but he was an air infantryman.
3: Right. And because of that, he obviously would have had a very immense team spirit and this is something that he brought into his language learning story. And I know it's very easy for a lot of people who are listening to imagine that they don't have language learning talent. And I definitely had this myself, getting into languages, I felt I don't have language learning talent, but I did myself bring other things to the table that ultimately did give me some of an advantage in being able to learn the language. I was very outgoing, and that helped me a lot. And I I didn't think about that as necessarily an advantage in languages. So, anybody listening to this, I would say that for me was a big takeaway: that if you are used to working in teams, this can be a really good thing that you bring to the language learning experience. If you're doing something like the challenge, it can definitely help out there with that. There, but also, also if you're learning by yourself, try to break out of that shell. It It can feel like you have to do this in isolation. It's just about you studying and maybe occasionally having a lesson with a uh, with a native teacher. But if you can learn in a community, that can be a major change to your language. And maybe there are other things that you bring to the table that make you a good language learner, even if you didn't learn it well in school before that you may not be aware of.
0: For me, it was something that Michelle said during her description of what language hacking was to her. And it was that, it's okay to be uncomfortable and that you should still just try. And I think that's something that a lot of learners struggle with is they don't like feeling uncomfortable. And so they do everything that they can to avoid it. And when you wait to be comfortable or when you wait to be ready, you risk never being ready never and never doing. And so you just kind of have to put yourself out there and try and speak and be uncomfortable and just be okay with being uncomfortable, knowing that it's just something that you're going to feel and it's going to be brief and then it's going to be gone. And you're going to have... You're going to benefit so much for pushing through that and you know, allowing yourself to feel that discomfort for a time. All right. So that is it for this episode. As I mentioned before, you can find all of the resources and links mentioned in this episode in the show notes. And again, we hope you enjoyed this episode as well as the podcast in general. And if you do, please leave us a review. It helps other language learners like yourself find us. You can do that at languagehacking.com slash review. And in the meantime, happy language learning.
3: Happy language learning.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel. With special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.